Happy Mother's Day. One of my best days of the year. There was a, a gal that grew up in church here at Oak Hills, and for years she thought the song singing with her mom and dad, It Is Well With My Soul, was It Is Swell With My Soul. And she just recently discovered that it was well. It works either way. Well, today we're going to continue, surprisingly, in a study of an Old Testament book called Jonah. Jonah is a story of a prophet, and I, I'm seeing the look on your face, and you're saying that's not really appropriate for Mother's Day to talk about an old, ancient prophet named Jonah. What does the life of Jonah the prophet have to do with Mother's Day? Well, I'm here to tell you, since you asked the question, or did you, that Jonah the prophet has a lot to do with Joanna the mother. And I'm going to share with you in the service today a couple of similarities and a couple of differences. Now, before we dive in to those similarities and differences, I want to remind us of the story of Jonah. And I think I have found the perfect person to tell the story on this Mother's Day. Watch the screen above. The story of Jonah. Long, long ago, there was a man named Jonah who lived a good life and always obeyed God's laws. He thought of himself as a true man of God. Jonah was a hard worker. Through his labels, he was able to buy chickens and a donkey and a goat. One day, God spoke to Jonah. Jonah, huh? Jonah, who is that? My earring ditch. Jonah, I am the Lord of God. There is a city called Nineveh far away. It is filled with people that have become wicked lives. They have forgotten about kindness and helping others. Why are you telling me about them, God? Because I want you to go there and tell those wicked people I am going to destroy them in their city because of their wicked ways. Ye Yes, Lord, I will go, but they won't listen. They're evil. The more Jonah thought about it, the more uneasy he became. That night, Jonah did not sleep very well. No, it'll hurt me. Nineveh is so far. They'll laugh at me. No! Jonah was denying God's plan for him. Nineveh? Those people don't even know about God. Why should they believe me? They might even try to kill me. The more Jonah thought about those wicked people, the more frightened he became. He decided to run away from God. That very night, he packed his clothes and hurried to the seaport. <laughs> that the next morning, he saw a ship that was getting ready to sail far across the sea. Who? Oh, who goes there? Uh, Jonas, sure. Uh, please, Captain, let me come with you. I'll give you all my money for a place on your ship. Huh, looks like trouble to me. Yes, I wonder what he's running away from. Well, I guess we can find a place for you. Jonah boarded the ship and hid deep in the hold, as far away from God as he could. At last, he saw the anchor being drawn up onto the deck. At last, we're heading out to open sea. God will never find me now. I'm going to have a new life for myself. 
As soon as the ship was far, was far from land, God sent a storm, for no one can hide from God. Sent, God sent great gusts flying over the sea and waves tossing over the ship. Men, on deck, we're taking on overboard. Captain, we're sinking. We need to overboard the ship. Throw the cargo overboard. And all the sailors went under the went went inside the ship. Look, he's sound asleep. We need all hands on deck. Deck. Hey, wake up! Wake up! Come, we have no time to wake him now. As the sailors closed the door, Jonah War fell asleep. That uh, outside it was dark as night. The sailors began to throw the cargo overboard. Jonah ran upon deck. Only one thing will save the ship. Stop! Stop! You must throw me into the water instead. What are you saying? We can't throw an innocent man into this angry sea. Listen! God has sent this storm to punish me. Punish? Why? I tried to run away from him, and now he has found me. If we throw him over now, he'll surely drown. But the wind and the waves are too much for us. We have no choice. The sailors grabbed Jonah and threw him into the sea. The sea became calm. Down, down, down into the sea sank Jonah. Gasping and nearly drowning, but God was not yet fi finished with Jonah. He sent a big fish to swallow Jonah in one gulp. Jonah found himself in the stomach of a great fish. Oh, it's so dark in here. What will become for me now? Maybe God will still hear me. Jonah turned to the Lord. Lord, thank you for saving me. Inside the fish, Jonah prayed for three days. I'm sorry I tried to hide from you. Please let me out of this terrible prison. I will do as you commanded. God heard Jonah and knew he had changed. He made the fish spit out Jonah onto the land. Thank you, merciful Lord, for delivering me safely to land. Now, Jonah. Go to Nineveh and tell those wicked people I'm going to destroy them. Yes, Lord, I'm listening. I'm on my way. Jonah entered the city, calling to the people. People of Nineveh, listen to me. The Lord God will destroy you and your city. Stop your wicked ways. What? Did you hear that? You have angered God. He says, the Lord is angry with us. Why? What have we done? You are vain and selfish. Maybe if we change our ways, we've been too concerned with our fancy clothes. You are greedy and unkind. We should share our riches with the poor. You are wasteful as the poor star. We've been eating too much and not caring about our hungry neighbors. It's true. We've been selfish. God will punish you. We must all pray to the Lord for forgiveness. The people heard Jonah pray to God and be, 
and began mending their ways. Meanwhile, God, Jonah climbed a hill above the city and sat down to watch God destroy it. He waited and waited. I feel like a fool. All my work has wasted. God is not destroying Nineveh. Jonah, yes, Lord. Jonah, will you never learn my love? My love is great. It is greater than my anger, and it is for all my creatures. Didn't I give you another chance? Yes, you did. Now I am giving the Ninevites another chance. Go now, Jonah, and try to love as I do. Then you will be a true man of God. Yay for God! He has forgiven us! Yay! Hurrah! Hooray! So Jonah began his long journey home and tried to love as God had taught him. The end. Moms, did we pick the perfect person to tell the story of Jonah? Is that not the most adorable thing? But I believe you miss something at the very, very end. Most people do, not only in the life of this sniffling young preacher girl, but in the lives of most people who do really great things. Do you notice the arms that are coming up around her as she's getting ready to be put down? She was standing up in the preacher's pulpit on a stool, and all along you didn't see her. Her mom was behind her every step of the way, ready to take her down when she was done with her assignment. Ladies and gentlemen, that's just what a mom does. I have here two similarities between Jonah the prophet and a mother. First of all, Jonah the prophet had a call on his life from God. Mothers, hear me well. You have a divine calling on your life from God. Don't underestimate the importance of your job in the saving of this nation. Jonah was called to save the nation of Israel. You, as mothers, more than anybody, have a job that will preserve and save this great nation. Now, the second similarity, maybe you'll agree or disagree, Jonah was a prophet to preach against Nineveh because of its wickedness. Now, wickedness may be too harsh of a word, but I can tell you when I was growing up, the word was trouble. That was my nickname. Randy, you're trouble. I understood what my mom was saying. She could have easily said the word wicked based upon some of the things that I did. Moms, wouldn't you agree? Now, today's a day you don't want to call your children wicked, but there have been times, tell me the truth, that they have done some things that signifies that sin nature has been transmitted. But there's a difference. Mom, see if you agree. Jonah the prophet was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights as punishment from God. Joanna the mother would consider three days alone even in a fish as a vacation. I can handle the seaweeds and the guts of the fish. Just give me a little time alone. But I think one of the big, biggest differences comes at the end of the story. You may have recalled that Jonah the prophet did not celebrate the outcome in the lives of the Assyrians. Rather, he despised their hearts touching and turning to the Lord. A mother, on the other hand, longs to see their children turn to God 
and follow Him. A mother longs to see their children return to God and follow Him. But not only that, they desire more than anyone on the planet to see their child win at life and to soar. And they will do whatever it takes to see their child succeed. That's what a mother does. For example, on Friday night, my, our youngest son, Austin, who's now 18, wanted to have a party at our house. And the kids that he was bringing over were all kids on a good path. And moms love for their kids to hang out with good company, don't you moms? They want, you want them to hang out with good company, and our son had invited over a good company of teenagers. And so Roseanne, with a lot on her plate, dropped everything, and she put out a spread. A spread of food, because teenagers eat a lot of food. And she set out the backyard, and the, and the teenagers all played and had a wonderful time. And at the end, they left, and Roseanne got to bed about midnight. Saturday morning, uh, Roseanne, the crack of dawn, while I'm still in bed sleeping, is already up and about trying to get the house back in order. She's outside picking up things and putting them away. When all of a sudden, I'm still in bed, she walks into the house, I hear the door close, and all of a sudden, I hear her scream. I run out, well, I walked out, and <laughs> it was early, and, um, and there she is, laying on the floor, holding her head. There's some water that had been on our little stained concrete floor, and she stepped on it with things in her hand, and both feet came out from underneath her, and she cracked her head open on the back of one of our chairs, and she was laying on the floor, bleeding. I went over to her, and I took a look at her head, and there's a pretty good gash in her head, and I said to her, can you wait 30 minutes? She said, what do you mean? I said, well, I have, this is a true story. I have a men's neighborhood Bible study at my house, and it begins at 8 o'clock. True story. And this is just a Saturday. And, I, and one of the guys that comes to the men's Bible study faithfully just happens to be a brain surgeon. No, no joke, a brain surgeon. That's a little bit overkill for a gash in the head. But nonetheless, a brain surgeon is coming. And so um, the, the blood on the on the floor, we have stained concrete floors and the blood was just bringing out a rich patina, you know, in the stained concrete. So we laid her down there and it was helping everybody out. And so uh, the doctor comes, sure enough, the brain surgeon comes and he says, well, let me go get my stuff. And he goes in, he gets his stuff. And yeah, you know, granted, a brain surgeon is a little much, you know, for a gash in the head, but he said, you're gonna need some stitches. And I said to him on the side, listen, while you're in there, could you check, no, I'm just joking, yeah, I did, I didn't, I didn't do that. And then he looked into his little medicine bag and he said, oh my goodness, the uh, anesthesia that I would normally use is about 11 years old and it's not appropriate to use it. You can either go to the uh, emergency room or, or I can stitch it without any anesthesia. And Roseanne is a mother. She's got way too much stuff to do now as a grandmother to be wasting her time down at the emergency room. And so she said, stitch me up, doctor. And I watched my wife get stitches with no anesthesia holding my hand. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a mother. <laughs> Woo! <clears throat> But there's another similarity that I'd like to camp on for just a moment. You may recall in the story last week that Jonah received a call to go to Nineveh. That was his calling. And we sought to make application in our own life, suggesting that Nineveh for us today is that place that we do not want to go to, 
but God is calling us to go to. That place that we never wanted to be a part of our story, but God is inviting us as His call on our life to face that Nineveh and to take on the challenge. Well, I have observed that most mothers, if not all mothers, have had a couple of calls to Nineveh in their life, haven't you moms? A couple of times in your journey as a mom with your child or your children where God said it's time for you to go to Nineveh for the sake of your child. You never wanted it to be a part of your story. You never wanted it to be a part of their story. But there's no one else who could come, go to Nineveh to be with them other than you. And you faced it. I'd like to tell you a story of a mom who got a call to Nineveh. I want to tell you the story of an awesome mom. Her and her husband, Sandy and Rosa Roberts, got married. And we have a picture of, their, of them when they were newlyweds. Look at that. that is, their whole life was ahead of them. Young, healthy, and a lot, to, lot going on. They had their first son named Sanford. Isn't that cute? Life was sweet for them. Sandy was on his way to a successful career in the military as an eye doctor, and they had their sweet little baby boy, Sanford. A few years later, they had their second child, a daughter. How perfect. But this is where mom received her call to Nineveh. It is not the story she wrote for herself or for her husband, but it was the story she found herself in. Their adorable new arrival was born with Down syndrome. I think we have a picture of her, little Jenna. At that moment, it sunk in. Motherhood would be a lifetime commitment. And while there has no doubt been many struggles along the way, Rosa Roberts did not run from her calling as Jonah did, but she faced it with love, determination, and courage. They went on to have two more great kids, a baby boy, Julian. I think we might have a picture of him. And also Alexi. We just call her Alexi. There they are. Those are cute kids. Through the years, mom has had many great adventures with all four of the kids. I think we have a picture of them having a lot of fun skiing, all of them together. A beautiful, beautiful family life that she has made for them. Well, this year, little Jenna, beautiful Jenna, turned 18 years old. Being a mom shifts dramatically for most of us. We have an 18-year-old and it's shifting dramatically for, for us as we will in August for the first time be empty nesters completely. And we're embracing it. But this will not be Rosa's story. She knew it from the day her daughter was born, and that day has finally arrived, and she is willing to stay to the task. Rosa Roberts didn't know that we would be telling her story this morning, but she is in this service with her family, and her family has some things they want to say to her on this Mother's Day. Let's uh, invite the Roberts family, Rosa, you two, up on the stage, and let's give them a hand. You didn't know this was coming, did you, Rosa? You probably suspected something, I don't know. 
sitting on the front row, well, you've done a great job. They're also my neighbors. And I got some things to say as well. And so, um, hey, Sandy. Good morning. Okay, we're going to let some of you guys speak. Now, uh, Charlie here is uh, one of our Pays Apprentices. Remember we talked about them last week? And the Roberts, in addition to taking care of their family, also have one of our Pays Apprentices named Charlie. And Charlie, you want to say something to Rosa? I just want to say thank you so much for the way that you welcome me into your family. Like, you could have just let me get on with my own thing. You know, I'm busy 50, 60 hours a week and I barely see you, but you've loved me like my mum loved me. And so I really appreciate the way you've gone to that effort. So thank you. Um, Mom, I know I'm uh, in trouble sometimes, but... <laughs> I'm in the neighborhood, dude. Yes, you are. <laughs> but I, I love you so much, and you're the greatest mom ever. Mom, we spend so much time together. You know, you, you do so much for our family, and you sacrifice so much, and you've done so much, and... We're so appreciative. Oh, sorry. We're so appreciative of you. <laughs> well, it, it is well, church, and uh, thank you for this opportunity. Um, you know, our family, we just want to express our gratitude. We just feel like Lord's blessed us in so many ways, baby. It seems like yesterday that we was bringing our baby girl into the world. And uh, I just remember feeling so helpless when uh, she was inflicted and, and she went through so many heart surgeries. And, but you were a rock. Your faithfulness and your obedience, it just transformed our family. It just um, brought me to the Lord. And uh, I see all its riches, and it's through you, and we're just so grateful. And so I know Jenna has something she want to give to you in a big hug. You give this to mommy now? Thank you, you say thank you. You have another son, and uh, he couldn't be here today, but we got him to do a little message for you. His name is Sanford, and he lives in, he's a, he's a student at Stanford University, and uh, he sent a little, watch the screen. Hi, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, I just wanted to call and say thanks for being an awesome mom, and uh just always putting the family first and sticking in there through the, uh, the hardships and always being there for the good times. And uh, yeah, just, yeah, I can't think of words uh, good enough to, uh, to describe how, uh, how positive an influence you've been on all of our lives. Um, so yeah, just wanted to say thanks and hope you have an awesome rest of your day. I love you, I miss you. I'll come home soon, I promise. There you go. I wanted to give you a gift, Rosa. Uh, um, this in, in here is a, Max's new book called Max and Life on Life that he signed. And Rosanna and I have a little book out called Real Simplicity that just came out. And so we signed that. Uh, and then uh, we have our good friends George Strait and Tom Cusick put in here uh, Dinner for Two and Golf for Two, which I know you don't golf, so hello. <laughs> I cut your back, man. Let me be the first to say, Happy Father's Day. Uh, 
And also, uh, George Strait put in here a signed uh, CD uh, from him. Now, it's interesting because we talked to him on Friday, and he says, oh, I don't have any CDs here at the house. They're all in Nashville. This is a true story on Friday. And, he, and so, uh, so he went down to Walmart uh, to get some, <laughs> and they're all sold out. It's true. It's good for him, right? So he finally got some at Best Buy, and he wanted you to have this. So there you go, a gift from us. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. In addition to that, I want to tell you that, in addition to that, I, I am, we live about five or six doors down yes. from each other, yes. and my wife is here to testify that in addition to taking care of her family, Rosa has reached out to many, many people in our neighborhood, young mothers, and she didn't know we were watching, but we were watching. I don't know where you find the strength, but hopefully today is a payday for you, for all of your faithfulness as a mom. We love you so much. Thank you. <laughs> One more hand for the Roberts. Thank you, guys. We're just trying to make our point here, moms, and I think we've made the point that maybe your journey to Nineveh isn't as intense as Rosa's, but it was our journey to Nineveh, and you came and you got us. Or you came and you stuck with us, the children that God had given to you. And we just want to tell you that we love you. One of the little secret I learned about you guys, you moms, I learned from my mother when she was dying. My mom was in great pain with pancreatic cancer. In our last conversation, of all things she would pick to talk about, she looked me in the eye and she said, Randy, I haven't been a good mother, and I'm sorry. And I thought to myself, what are you talking about? All of this time, I have felt guilty that God loved me more than the rest of the world and gave me the best mother in the world. And all of this time, you have been living with a pile of guilt that you could have done a better job what I have learned over these 11 years that my mom has been gone is that she is not alone in this feeling. Moms, we don't see it that way. Moms, we don't see it that way. You have been everything that we have needed. Answer this question, Mom. Can you think of another person on the planet that loves your children more purely than you do? It is out of that love that you have ministered to your children. In days when they have been in Israel, and then you went tracking them down in Nineveh. And we want to thank you. The first moms that I would like to honor and recognize are mothers who have passed away. Eleven years ago when my mom died. I made a commitment that on Mother's Day, when it came time for mothers to stand, that I would find a way to stand for her. With the fundamental belief 
that she's looking down from heaven right now and she's wondering whether or not her son has forgotten about her. I have not gotten over her yet. You may see me. You may see me as the senior minister of the Oak Hills Church, 50 years old and climbing. But make no mistake, I'm just a boy who misses my mother. Someone would say, hey, after 11 years, you should be getting over it. I'm never getting over her. You say, you need therapy. <laughs> I need therapy for sure, for a lot of reasons. And if you're paying, I will go. <laughs> but I will breathe my last breath, missing my mother. If you feel like I feel, and your mom has passed, and you would like to stand in her honor, I'm going to invite you to do that while the rest of you are sitting. Honor our mothers who, while they have passed, their imprint on our life lives on. Thank you. I love you, Mom. Now, for the moms that are in the room, you know who you are. If you're not, uh, the, it's not denial is not just a river in Egypt. It's time for you uh, to be celebrated. And we're just those of us sitting. We're just going to make a lot of noise just for a couple seconds to let you know that we love you and appreciate what you're doing. So, moms, grab the chair in front of you and be ready to stand at the count of three. The rest of us make as much noise as you can. Remember, you're in church. One, two, three. you have done. Did that feel good, Mom? Good. Because tomorrow we need you to show up on time for work. 